You're gonna be just fine. I just talk. You know, I just talk. Listen to them. Children of the night. Sick transit, Gloria. Thrill me. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kill the Cast. My name is Jerry, and joining me, as always, is the ever-quotable Jay. Oh, in the name of God, now I know what it feels like to be God. All right, you fucked up that quote, but thanks for playing. Oh, I did. I read it right off IMDb. It's yep, I, IMDb has the wrong quote. We now know that he actually says, I know what it's like to be God's. Uh, yeah, well, bitch. Suck it. Um, we belonged in. No, um, no, there's actually, actually, I'm, I knew you were going to say that quote because I was going to bring this part up. It's actually a kind of a controversy. So forever, the way you said it was to believe to be the right way. Um, because when the movie came out, that part was edited out for blasphemy. And uh, we never had a good audio version of it for the longest time. The original version that was put back in really sounded garbled, and everyone assumed that the quote was what what Jay quoted. And then later on, when we found a uh, a better version of it, the argument started of which quote is he saying? Because people are now saying he's saying, "Now I know what it feels like to be gods," and it's plural. But most subtitles on the movie have it the way Jay said. So, it's a very interesting battle. Mm, very interesting. Um, yeah, well, it's either that or It's Alive, and I wasn't going to do It's Alive. Fair enough. I want to see a movie of It's Alive versus Basket Case. Um, <laughs> sp- speaking of that, also joining us is a Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. Hi, how you doing? You know, good, hanging out. I hear you, man. Storming. Living in living in storm life. Living that storm life. You know? Uh, yeah, we didn't get a whole lot over the weekend down here. We got some, but we didn't really get a whole lot. Um, me and Cheyenne went hiking yesterday up in uh, Amicola Falls, up in the mountains, and we were expecting it to rain, and it only kind of drizzled. It didn't really rain that bad. Oh, well. Sounds like a good weekend. I got uh, super, super drunk. Last night, I drank an almost entire mason jar of uh, apple pie moonshine. How's that hangover going? You know, pretty. I actually slept most of the day today. (laughs) I just kind of put on random stuff on YouTube and just kind of slept through most of the day. Nice, Uh, nice. I've been up for. I've been up since like six thirty. So I've been up for like two hours. Good times. Fantastic times. I had to celebrate the new job, which means let's get plastered. Yeah, what are you doing anyway? I still haven't uh, found out. I am uh, now selling phones for Sprint and T-Mobile. Nice. So, nice. Not a bad gig. Nope. I, uh, I'm i working this commission angle now. I'm actually Hell doing yeah. pretty decent at it. Um So with that, we put a poll up on the Facebook group, and we were like, hey, guys, what do we need to do? We had a couple of options. You know, there was like a Hammer film or Universal Monster film. Well, uh, the people spoke and they chose, hey, we need to go back to Universal Monsters because we've got to continue the 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 learning of Jay. We have <laughs> to teach him. He's we're, Jay is in university. And that's Universal Monster University. So, we... Monster you, UMU. 
Yeah, originally we did kind of, we were going to put up a poll and have people vote on what Universal Monster movie we should do, but then we kind of realized, well, there's still a really big hitter that we need to do, and that is 1931's Frankenstein, directed by James Whale, starring Colin Clive, May Clark, Boris Karloff, and uh, my man, Dwight Fry, because I love Dwight Fry. I am curious about something, though. Yes. Uh, have we done a Hammer film on this show? No, we haven't. Um, I, I say we do a Hammer one next. Yeah, we need to get some Christopher Lee up in here. Right? Yeah, do you want Christopher Lee? I've never Lee? seen any of those either, by the way. Saruman? Yeah, there, there's there's a I I was actually uh, talking uh, to, to to people, we, me and... Uh, Jimmy were talking last night about it, and I was talking about how much I love Twins of Evil, which is a hammer flick. Yeah, we need to do one of those because we have yet to do one on this show, and we're at fucking what, like Who's, eighty episodes or something. Is someone like rolling a joint? What's going on here? Yeah, totally. Actually, I'm rolling up my uh, my tobacco bag. Ah, oh, I was close. Um. Okay, how long before you're done with that? I'm done rolling it up now. Okay, the, uh, a lot of a lot of noise coming out over there. Sorry. And fatal. All right, now the match sound I like. Yeah. Mm. That I'm cool with. All right, so yeah, we're 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 going back. We're tackling Universal Monsters. Uh, next giant movie they did Dracula in 1931 also. And it made so much money that uh, Carl, who owned Universal Studio, was like, give me another. And so they decided they were going to do Frankenstein. Um, they were actually going to do Frankenstein with a, a different director and, of course, Bela Lugosi. Um, that did not work out. Um, there's many different, like, versions of how this happened um so like they Lugosi was a big star from Dracula now they wanted his name on the marquee so they talked to him about getting into it um but the makeup test did not go well in fact um one of the people said that he looked like the golem which is a 1920 uh, 1922 um silent film so it did not go very well and um Lugosi has this famous quote where he goes I was a star in my country and I will not be a scarecrow over here he he did not like the fact that he was just going to play a lifeless monster that had no lines or no feelings cuz in the original version that they were going to make with with the first director Robert Flory the monster was just a monster he no emotional death no nothing not it was not the same monster that Karloff played so either way um it wasn't going well and then when James Well got brought over from England to join Universal uh Carl was like hey you can do anything you want to do he reportedly gave him like 20 options uh, for, you know, hey, choose one of these books and we'll do it. And James Well said, I want to do Frankenstein because James Well at that point, had been stuck into doing war movies and he was sick and tired of war movies. So, with that, 
they were they kicked off Robert and Lugosi, and James Well took over. James Well saw Boris Karloff in a uh, in the cafeteria, and Boris Karloff was dressed in a nice suit, hair all done, dapper and shit. And uh, James Well sent him a note to come do a screen test, and uh, Boris Karloff said he was like. I, I felt a little offended. I thought I was looking really good that day, but apparently I was ugly enough to come screen test for a monster. <laughs> That's um, fantastic. Nice. And, and last thing I'll say on the ghosty thing. So supposedly there was like a 20 minute, uh, 20 minutes worth of film of him dressed and costumed as the monster. But uh, it at this point is deemed completely lost. In fact, the only thing you'll ever see is there is one poster of Frankenstein where it is a Frankenstein that has Lugosi's facial features, but he's made like a colossal giant. It looks like fucking King Kong-sized Frankenstein. Uh, and it does say Bella Lugosi on the uh, promotional poster. But that's pretty much all we have. The video has not been found and probably will never be found. That sucks. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, okay, let's start with this movie. Uh, As y'all know, with the Universal Monster movies, we do actually walk through the movie. Um, So we are going to do this. Uh, This movie starts off, of course, with uh, Edward Van Sloan stepping from behind the curtain to uh, give us a, a, a caution tale, warning us that, uh, we are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life, and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to, uh, well, we warned you. That is a pretty famous thing. One of the things I want to point out that I always find pretty funny is, uh, or not funny, but interesting, is uh, when he's talking about, uh, you know, it may shock you, it may even horrify you. Uh, We didn't even start calling these films horror films um, until four or five years later. So I, I always thought that was kind of interesting. Do you think people found this one scary? Like to us, obviously seasoned horror vets that we are, uh, probably not scary, uh, but do you think uh, adults at the time were like, holy shit, this is fucking freaky? Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely, man. I mean, uh, uh, you, you, generally, if you watch most movies, they're a sign of their times. And, you know, uh, during this time period, I mean, I think before this, there really hadn't been a whole lot other than like like Dracula, obviously. But like, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Nosferatu. Um, probably a few others, and then a bunch uh, of silent Italian films, right? And <laughs> Did then, you say uh, silent Italian films? Yeah, they didn't do horror films in Italy until uh, around the fifties. You sure? Uh, yes, Maybe you're, it's you're, France. You're, France has some silent horror films, you're, but Germany is the country you're looking for. Oh, yeah. I was looking. I was the other day. I got curious and was like looking up the origins of horror, and I could have sworn it was it was. Italy that had some 
Like they were like two or three minute long movies or something like that. I was trying to find out what the first horror movie ever was. Okay, well those aren't movies. Let's it like if you're going back that far, um you could actually trace some of the earliest stuff to uh funny enough, the actual original film version of Frankenstein that was done by um God damn it, what's his name? He stole the he 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 steals everything. Thomas Edison. Uh, Thomas Edison actually made an early version of Frankenstein. Um, But uh, when it comes to the horror genre, uh, and it comes to full-length movies, uh, it's definitely Germany that that pretty much gets the the crown for creating it. Um, Once you're going into, like, the things that are, like, three to four minutes long, um, those are more experiments and concepts than I gotcha. actual fair. movies. That's fair. But uh, Italy, on the other hand, uh, they weren't allowed to make horror movies. Welcome to dictatorships. My Woo! favorite. Alright. So, we, we start this movie with uh, Henry Frankenstein and his assistant Fritz. Uh, who is a hunchback, as they are going to piece together a human body. They're stealing some freshly buried bodies from a cemetery, which is always fun. They're grabbing the the bodies of hanged criminals, but uh, once in their laboratory, which is an abandoned watchtower, they realize that, uh, well, the head and brains are kind of fucked up and we can't use them. So, Frankenstein sends our, our man, the hunchback, over to his former teacher's house, Dr. Waldman, uh, who is showing his class, you know, hey, this is the average you remain. This is the brain of a fucking criminal. So, uh, after the class is over, Fritz goes in there and tries to steal the health of brain, but he ends up dropping it, so then he goes back and gets a damaged brain and brings... Abby normal. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, he, and he gives that... them. Then we jump to uh, Henry's fiance's Elizabeth, who's speaking with her friend uh, Victor about the scientist's increasingly weird action and uh, how he's secluding himself from everyone. Uh, so Elizabeth is asking Vic, uh, to, and Victor asking Victor for help. So they go ask Doctor Waldman for help in understanding what's going on with Henry. Um, Waldman says, "Yeah, I know that." Frankenstein wants to create life, so they're all now fucking worried, and they decide to head up to the lab, and it turns out that at this moment, uh, this is where Frankenstein is is doing his final preparations. Lifeless body is on the slab, the operating, operating table is about to go, we got a storm outside, we're about to turn on some dope-ass elec- uh, electricity machines. Um, so, unfortunately... While Frankenstein doesn't want them to enter, he eventually lets them enter because it's storming outside. And he brings them up to show them that I, that he has discovered the energy that can bring life into the world. So he starts his pulley system. They raise the opening table high and uh, moving it towards the top of the tower. And uh, we then have the lightning storm basically hit... Our, our creature that's on the slab 
And uh, we get to see the hand of Frankenstein's monster begin to move as this, as he starts shouting, It's alive! It's alive! Which uh, is a very, very fucking famous quote now. Yep. Which is why I tried to pick something else. <laughs> but I hey. fucked it up. Well, you technically didn't fuck it up. It just gave me an opportunity to bring up that interesting piece of trivia. Dropping that knowledge. That's what I do. So, okay, so, so far, uh, Jay, how are you feeling about the, the mad scientist feel of, of Henry Frankenstein? Uh, I'm digging it. Uh, I like it. Uh, I like Frankenstein, his character. It re- very much reminds me of uh, Reanimator. Obviously, this was first, but, you know, uh, having seen Reanimator way before this movie... Uh, it kind of gives me that that same kind of vibe where, you know, you've got the scientist who's moved beyond what he feels he can learn in a traditional sense and wants to uh, figure out the secrets to life. Yeah, this is the OG. All right, so. Although, now I'm, I'm terrible with stuff like this, so I could be way off. Who wrote first, Mary Shelley or Lovecraft? Pretty sure Mary Shelley. I don't know yeah. who's who's how I will. Lovecraft is is closer to the actual time period of this movie coming out. Let's see. Gotcha. Yes, Google that, Kenneth. I'm on it. Google that. Um, for the record, everyone, Lovecraft is a racist. So let's yes, put that out yes, there. he is. We like his writing. We don't like no, him. I don't like his writing. Um, oh, really? Have you ever, have you actually ever read his writing? Yeah, Not I've enjoyed read a of his short stuff inspired by him or movies done by, him, but I actually read his writing. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I, I, they're unreadable to me. Oh, yeah, um, but it's not just necessarily him. A lot of writing back then is is harder for me to read. Uh, it would be the same way if I tried to read. But he still writes in the same way that that like Mary Shelley or uh, Bram Stoker actually writes. Uh, he doesn't feel, he's not, he doesn't feel like a modern writer in the, in the way he writes. Hmm. That's fair. I don't mean topics, but I mean in like word choice and sentence structure. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, Mary Shelley died before H.P. Lovecraft was born. Oh, okay. So yeah. all hail to the sci-fi queen. Yeah, she uh she she died in 1851 and H.P. Lovecraft was born in 1890. Yeah. Gotcha. Mary Shelley's more of a badass than Lovecraft anyway. Mary Shelley kept the fucking uh was it the heart of her husband after he died? I can't remember, but I do know that like pretty much Frankenstein was pretty much her own her uh, her pretty much her only major like Big time publication. She did some other stuff, but I think that was the biggest. Yeah, but I mean, she came from a rich family anyway, so she didn't really have to make money. Right. I'm looking at her. I'm looking at her stuff right now. But all right. So Frankenstein monster. Uh, you know. It, you know. We get to see him in his full grotesque glory at this point, but he actually comes off very innocent, very childlike uh, creation. 
Um, so Frankenstein walks in the laboratory. He tells it to sit, and it does. And it's at, and like he opens the roof, uh, causing the monster to like kind of reach out towards the sunlight, which is a very very cool scene. Uh, but at this point, Fritz enters with a flaming torch, which actually ends up scaring the monster. Um, and Frankenstein, unfortunately, thinks that this is the monster becoming violent instead of, you know, just understanding that it's scared. So him and Waldman, uh, he, he thinks it's trying to attack him. So they end up chaining it in a dungeon. Yeah, I really don't like that scene because to me it looks pretty fucking obvious. You know, the way it was shot, it looks really obvious that you know, the monster was scared of the fire. And then, you know, me personally, I mean, when it comes to Fritz, he was just being a fucking bastard. Oh, yeah, this is all his fault. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, as for uh, Frankenstein and Waldman and why they didn't understand that it was that way, um, I would say Frankenstein has probably worn the fuck out from doing the actual experiments and doing all this shit. And is probably not in the right mental space. And he's probably being influenced by Waldman. That Waldman's like, yo, this is not a good idea to begin with. So whether Waldman knew that the monster was just scared or being violent, I don't think actually matters to Waldman. He's trying to stop this shit no matter what. Right. Um, so uh, they have a conversation that they're worried that the monster may, you know, end up causing havoc if it gets out or anything like that. Um, so at this point, they're going to lock, they're just going to leave it locked up. Unfortunately, our boy Fritz brings that torch back, which, uh, ends up getting Fritz killed. And yeah, Fritz got what he deserved. He, he did. 100% did. Um, it's kind of funny going from Fritz's character in Dracula to Fritz's character here. Because, like, Fritz gets totally screwed over in Dracula, and here he gets what he deserves. All right. Um, so, with that, uh, they, they, they hear the shriek. They run upstairs, only to find that Fritz has been strangled to death. And the monster lunges at the two of them so that uh, he can probably get out of being held in a hole. But they escape, they, and they still are able to lock the monster inside. Uh, at this point, they're like, okay, we can't just lock him up. We have to destroy him. So they, they get some drugs that they're going to inject into him, and they release the monster, and they inject it as attack, causing the monster you know, pass out on the floor. Uh, and which, at that point... Said again? Yeah. At that point, Henry also collapses from exhaustion. So him, uh, so Elizabeth and Henry's father arrive, and they take him back to town. Uh, once Henry wakes up, you know, he's worried about the monster, but Waldman's like, yo, I got this. I will destroy it. Don't worry about it. So later we see Henry, uh, recovered, and now he's, uh, getting ready for his wedding while, uh, Waldman is examining the monster. As he's preparing to, uh, start cutting it open and taking it apart, the monster awakens and strangles him and escapes from the tower. Have either one of y'all ever gotten grabbed on the back of the neck like that? No. Um, if I have, I don't remember, and it would have been as a kid. Jerry? No. Yeah, it fucking, you know, I mean, I imagine that at the grip that the monster would have, it'd be a whole hell of a lot worse, but it sucks anyway. 
Yes, I can imagine. Every time I watch that scene, it makes me think about that because I remember like we used to do that to each other when we were kids. Oh no, no, never had that. Um, I'll show you next time I see you. Disagree. Um, so, so, uh, with that, uh, we, we come to a farmer's house where, um, he leaves his young daughter Maria by herself to play and, uh, the, the monster shows up and asks him to, you know, come sit by the water with him as she tosses flowers in there and has him toss flowers in there, watching them float. And, uh. When they run out of flowers, the monster decides that he's going to throw Maria in there to watch her float. They all float. No, they don't. Uh, Maria sinks. <laughs> she Maria sinks like a stone. Real fast. Um, <laughs> like I was watching that. I mean, she wasn't even trying to save herself. I mean, she was just, she was like, well, fuck it. So, uh, uh, apparently, I like this flower. I'm just going to go ahead and let it just run its course and give up and suck in some water. Here we go. So apparently when they uh, filmed that, they had done multiple takes because Whale wasn't happy with it, uh, with how it was turning out. And uh, everyone was kind of like, yo, we have to stop. We can't have this little girl do any more of these. And Whale's like, little girl, do one more take for me and I will give you whatever you want. Now, what do you think this little girl asked for? Oh, Jesus. Um, (laughs) A cigar? No. No. She asked for a dozen hard-boiled eggs. What the fuck? Was she, like, hella poor? No! It was her favorite snack. She just really liked hard-boiled eggs. And I bet the set smelled awful. Well, I don't think she got the hard-boiled eggs on the set, but... um, Luckily, I think she only had to film for one day, so... when Because <laughs> Whale, Whale ended up giving her two dozen hard-boiled <laughs> eggs. You imagine being the dude that was carrying that little girl, and she's just farting every time he takes a step. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> it just smelled like boiled eggs behind him. <laughs> oh. so uh, as the girl sinks, the monster gets upset by this, and he runs away. We jump back uh, to them preparing for the wedding. Uh, Henry is all like super stoked and happy, and so is Elizabeth, and. Um, they're just waiting for Waldman to arrive. Unfortunately, Victor shows up and is like, yo, Waldman's dead. He's been found fucking strangled. Kind of like that dick Fritz. <laughs> Fritz deserved to be strangled. I don't know if Waldman deserved to be strangled. Maybe from the creature's point of view we did, because the creature's point of view was like, yo, you're trying to take off my fucking arm. I'm going to strangle you. But Fritz got hung. Fritz got strangled. Well, Fritz got hung, and there's that one scene where you can see him dangling. Oh yes, there's yeah, a scene like no, where they right. open, where they open the door, and you can see Fritz swinging. Yep. Yeah, he because he grabs the Frank the sorry I was about to call the monster Frankenstein. The monster grabs the rope and strangles him with it, and then hangs him up with it. Oh, then we're both right. The monster strangles him, like I said. <laughs> and then he's thrown away, and that's where he's hung, but his death is actually from strangulation by the monster. Okay. Um, do-do-do, Okay, uh, Henry obviously is like, yo, the monster did it. 
Uh, so he's rushing to go see what he can find out about it. Meanwhile, the monster who has GPS has shown up to his house <laughs> and gotten right into Elizabeth's room, uh, causing her to scream. Fun, fun background story here. This one's kind of cute. Um, the actress who played Elizabeth, uh, her name was May. She was so worried that when uh, Boris Koloff actually, you know, came towards her, she might actually get so frightened that she would pass out. So Boris was like, hey, don't worry about it off screen. I'll keep wiggling my uh, pinky finger so you know that it's just your your buddy Boris Karloff. Aww. It's adorable. Boris Karloff is full of swords like that. Like, um, with, like, the girl who played, uh, Maria, um, everyone was worried she was gonna be too frightened by the makeup to actually be able to do it, but when Maria actually showed up to set, she ran right up to Boris Karloff in his full makeup and was like, can I ride with you? And, uh, you know, Boris Karloff being the amazing person he is, he was like, of course you can, darling. Aww. Uh, speaking of being sweet to little girls, Maria Father arrives with her dead in his arms. Uh, and he's like, yo, she's been murdered, and the villagers form a search party to capture the monster, because at this point, you know, the burger finds out about it, and so the burger's, like, telling everybody. Um, and he's like, we gotta bring it to justice. So they go to search the whole country. They split into three groups. Ludwig leads the first group to the woods. Henry leads the second group into the mountains and the Burgermaster, a.k.a. the Burger. I was so upset to learn that that title doesn't mean what did what I thought it meant. What did you think it meant? That he was in charge of the hamburgers. No, yeah. He's a guy <laughs> that's just there because every once in a while a guy shows up and he's like, I'll gladly pay you for a burger like- on Tuesday for a burger today. I want to be the Burger Master. Nope. Unfortunately, Burgo Master is spelled B-U-R-G-O-M-A-S-T-E-R. Super disappointed. Yeah, when I looked up what it, what it actually is, it's kind of like a mayor. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Uh, so the Burgo Master leads a group by the lake. Uh, so during the search... Lake be- Bodum. Lake Bodum, Lake Mungo, Lake Titicaca. Um, Camp Crystal Lake. Camp Crystal. I'm I'm, I'm over Lake Friday. Th- I don't want to deal with Friday. Th- I do love Lake Placid, oh, but so I don't want to deal. I just don't want to deal with Friday the Thirteenth and like give me something new. Like at this point, I'm just like new two K transfers. No, a new fucking <laughs> film. I don't uh, give about. I I'm I'm never buying another four K transfer on regular Blu-ray. You've gotten me too many fucking times, people. The only reason why I want this one is just because it looks fucking cool. And I well, regret buying the Halloween one as much as I don't like. As, well, not like, but as much as like Halloween is not a big thing to me like other movies. The only reason why I want it is because it looks cool. Just like I wish I had the first version that they put out of the Halloween movies. I'm not buying I, I didn't buy the Halloween set. I'm not buying this Friday the 13th set. I got set. the Halloween set for 80 bucks from Facebook Marketplace. Yep, I remember when you I'm looked so out there. I'm so fucking happy for you. Uh, yeah. Jay, didn't you did did you pre-order the new Friday the Thirteenth box set? I sure as fuck did. Yeah, hey, I'm not buying that uh, shit. I'm a sucker for Friday the Thirteenth. Though it'll probably it'll probably 
it'll probably very quickly go up in value. Oh, yeah. I will say that. The resell on this thing uh, is going to be crazy. I would probably even say now that... Um, Can you still pre-order? Not from Scream yes. Factory. Yes, you can. Well, let me double check. It keeps going up and down, but it doesn't have the posters anymore. I, I don't care about the posters. You have to... Uh, I think this one's going to be one that uh, will probably... I don't know. I, I, within six months of actual release, I think you won't be able to get it anymore. Oh yeah, Jay, you should have you should have bought two and then sold the other one. Like they charged me immediately. I didn't have three hundred dollars to spend. But if you could have, I mean, imagine what imagine what you fucking you you probably triple your money. No, I don't think it'll yeah, go up that high. Yeah, but I'm not a scalper. I hate I I don't like stuff like that. Like I bought it because I like the series. You know, I don't need to profit off of it. I think at most, it, I think the set will top out at $250. I think that's going to be the topping price for that set. Although, uh, Jerry, you'll appreciate this. I did also pre-order the uh, Steelbook of Pumpkinhead 1. I will be pre-ordering that. Um, in fact, Saturday night, I went and watched a double feature of The Monster Squad and Pumpkinhead. Um, nice. Nice. By the way, Monster Squad, most quotable movie of the 80s. Uh, Rudy uh, is the coolest character to ever come out of the 80s horror film. And uh, I want the world to know that because uh, I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? Yes. I love Rudy. Uh, yes, you can still pre-order it. No, there aren't any posters. Yeah, but you can still get the whole thing. I'm looking at it right now. So I may try to figure that out. I'm gonna I'm gonna laminate both posters and put them up somewhere because I like the art on them. Why would you laminate them? Just so frame they don't them. ever get ruined. Then they they can't. But bend. if you laminate them, well, I guess it doesn't matter for you. But laminating them would would actually hurt the value. Well, I'm not worried about the value. I just want them to be intact. Yeah. Fair, fair. Uh, yeah, I'll probably pre-order next paycheck. I'll probably go ahead and pre-order the um, Pumpkinhead Steelbook. Holy shit! Which is actually me buying another 4K. Because is that a, is that a new 4K scan that I I'm putting know. on Blu-ray? I didn't actually look. I don't own and the first one, and I felt like splurging, so I was just like, "Cool, I'll get it." I own the first one, but um, my buddy's buying it off of me, so. I can get, so I'm going to get the steel case. Nice. Because I'd rather have a, st it's Pumpkinhead, it's one of my favorite movies, so I want to. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, yeah, and I just got to see it in theaters, and uh, greatest southern horror movie of all time. Y'all can fight me over it. Alright, so let's go back to this. Um, uh, doo -doo, so Henry gets separated from his group. Uh, he gets discovered by the monster who attacks him. and The, the monster uh, knocks him unconscious and carries them off uh, to the old windmill. Fun background story. James Whale was a little upset with how much attention the Frankenstein's monster was getting for this movie. So, to punish Boris Karloff for it, the scene where he has to carry the six foot tall, almost 160 pound uh, Colin Clive, up the hill, he made him do that over and over and over and over. 
Colin Clive felt so bad, he mentioned that, hey, we should probably get a dummy to do this, and Whale was like, no. And Boris Karloff never complained. And keep in mind, the shoes Boris Karloff are wearing are 13 pounds each. And why did he do this again? Because James Whale was upset with how much attention uh, the monster was getting on set and through publicity and all of that. That's fucked up. A little bit. I, I'm trying to rationalize this in my head some kind of which way, and I don't think James Whale felt like he should have been getting all the attention. And what attention was being taken away from him. Whatever. Well, he would soon learn that the monster gets all the attention in horror movies. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, okay, so uh, at this point, the villagers, um, you know, they start heading to uh, the tower because they hear, they hear, you know, everyone's crying and regrouping and getting together. Uh, but the monster's climbed all the way to the top and he's got Henry with him. But the monster's like, why am I still holding on to him? And throws him off. Luckily, windmills uh, have veins. And the vein catches uh, Henry and actually saves his life. Some of the villagers hurry up, grab him, take him back to his house. And then, of course, they set the windmill on fire with the monster trapped inside. We then go back to Castle Frankenstein where Castle... Uh, where Frankenstein's father, Baron Frankenstein, celebrates the wedding of his recovered son with a toast to a future grandchild. Which is important because all the next movies are all about the other people in the family. So Did that's Frankenstein. Henry come back in Bride? No. Well, yeah, yeah, Henry comes back in Bride. But that's because, you gotta understand, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein are all based off the, the, the one book by Mary Shelley. Oh, I got So it. when we go into the actual sequels that go beyond that book, and it's them creating stuff, it goes into, you know, the son, the grandson, the, uh, the, okay. the cousin. Like, Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it gets crazy, but I, I actually will say the Universal uh, Frankenstein movies, they're all pretty good. I really like the entire series. Uh, but with that said, Jay, your first time watching Frankenstein, you've got another one under your belt, another notch on your bedpost. Yeah, technically I have two notches, because originally we are going to do a double feature, and I watched both, this and Bride. Well, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about Bride here in, here in a second, get your your feelings on that for the people. We may still like cover it one day, but um, how did you feel about Frankenstein? It was good. Um, it still has not usurped uh, Wolfman as my favorite Universal Monster movie, uh, with Invisible Man coming in second and Creature from the Black Lagoon coming in third. Um, but I did like this one better than Dracula, which I think is all of the ones... Actually, I like this one better than Dracula, but I like Bride of Frankenstein better than Frankenstein. So A lot that. of people like Bride of Frankenstein more than Frankenstein. I'm not one of those people. I like Frankenstein more. Um, but to be fair, Bride of Frankenstein also gets a few notches taken off of it just because of a certain actress that's in the movie um, that I hate. Reason why The Invisible Man is not as high on my list because she's all in that movie and I can't fucking stand her. Uh, <laughs> it makes fair. the movie unwatchable. 
It does not make it unwatchable for Bride of Frankenstein. Um, I just find Frankenstein, the first movie, just to be... I don't know. It's, it's almost like um, more of a, a, a standard monster movie, but that works. Like, obviously, Bride of Frankenstein is much more... Uh, sophisticated it's much more grand it has a bigger scale it has a grander idea behind it um but i don't really care for my frankenstein talking i yeah, don't the the but, monster uh, talking is kind of eh. yeah i get it but it, it also makes sense that you know the longer he's alive the more he would evolve yeah until he eventually goes back to being mute and then blind and then all that and then having bella Lugosi's brain put in him oh well then... yeah that's beyond what i've seen <clears throat> yeah it gets crazy <laughs> i know i've seen some of the cinemasker stuff covering those movies so i i kind of have an idea but yeah that's uh that's funny yeah so this movie's just uh yeah, I'm not as as I actually do like Dracula more than the Frankenstein movies. Um, the Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein movies are usually like some of the highest rated and most loved by the fans. So th- these are two of of. There's a reason why Frankenstein is the mascot of the Universal monsters. Oh yeah, I, t- I see, and I get it. It's just you know my personal tastes. Um, yeah, it, it falls a little shorter than, than my top three out of those movies. But yeah, it was definitely enjoyable. The acting was good. Uh, the effects were good. I love the painted backgrounds. Um, I, uh, but yeah, it was, it was enjoyable overall. Not as upset about it as, uh, like Dracula was just disappointing in general to me. Yeah, I I love Dracula, but a lot of people uh, are not as big of fans of it. I, I it doesn't age as well as some of the other ones, but Bela Lugosi and uh, Dwight Fry's performance are so fucking good. Oh yeah, Lugosi's amazing. Like he is just an amazing actor all around. Yeah, uh, I I think and I and I I still personally I think Dwight Fry is a better actor in that movie than even Lugosi is. Um, but unfortunately, like we said in that one, the Spanish Dracula is, is cinematically better. Um, mm-hmm. Kenneth, how did you feel about Frankenstein? Obviously not your first time watching it. Well, I mean, it's one of those that, it, it, it for me, it elicits more of an emotional response than a horror movie. You know what I'm saying? I mean, for, right off the get-go, I'm... I feel I'm sympathetic to the monster the whole time because it's this, this, this creature that is born with deformities that it has no control over the deformities and it's, it's creator has basically abandoned it to its own devices and left out into the world to try to figure it out on its own and the only things that you know the 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 monster has to go on about humanity is you know terrible things 
and I can really relate to that to a degree, not from obviously my creator leaving me out into the, out well, into I, the world I, or whatever. But. That doesn't happen in this movie, though. The creator doesn't abandon him. The creator locks him up and tries to kill it. Like, it doesn't abandon him in the wild. Uh, well, uh, well, the creator I'm, regrets it. I'm talking in, about from, like, an emotional standpoint. Where it's like, you know, you feel, you're you're looking at, you know, because obviously the monster realizes it, but you're also looking at it. You're, the monster's looking at its creator and thinking to itself, you know, why are you not there for me? Why have you turned your back on me to an extent? You know, however you want to look at it about, you know, if you want to look at it from the perspective of, you know, uh, trying to kill it or whatever else or something like that. I mean, this this creature doesn't understand. I'm not on the same page on you on this movie, apparently. Right. Most people aren't when I talk to them about it. Because that's that's just the way I look at it. I don't... Well, I I just... I feel like... I don't look at this movie as a horror movie. I look at it as a, a a dramatic story of a creature that is, you know, devoid of humanity because of the lack of knowledge given to it by its creator. I just don't feel like there's enough time in this movie. Um for the monster to, to even come to... Because especially in this movie, we don't know how much the monster actually understands. And, like, for me, a lot of the monster seems to go on very, very basic uh, emotional level. I don't think the monster has, like, the, oh, he abandoned me. Why did he do this? Because I, I don't think the monster even understands that. The monster understands, you know, being scared, understanding, you know that obviously these people are trying to hurt me, so I need to survive. It has, like, the basic, like, emotions, feelings, and survivals, so I don't see the monster as in-depth as you do. Now, when you get to Bride, and he has time to learn from the blind man, then I can see everything you're saying, but only in Bride of Frankenstein, not in original Frankenstein. Yeah, but see, the thing about it is, is when you come around to Bride, the reason why I feel the way I do about Frankenstein and the, the, what's the best way that I can put it? It's almost like a resolution in the second one. Because in the second one, he's getting, the monster is getting what he needs, but unfortunately not getting it from his creator. Yeah, well, the monster, in the second one, you get, you actually get character development for the monster. Yeah, but see, the thing about it is, is like I said, the very first time that I watched this movie when I was young, the what I'm telling you I feel right now is what I feel. Yeah, well, I mean, that's fine. I, 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 I don't agree with you, um, but obviously, what fun would uh, the world be if everyone agreed with each other? You don't want peace. It's very boring. <laughs> I want peace. It's very boring. But that's what I got. And I mean, I, I mean, like I said, to me, it's it, 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 to an extent, it's relatable to me because... 
you know, it, it, but uh, but for me, it's obviously on different scales, levels. But to me, it's 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 relatable. You know, being the type of person like I am that has a different mode of thinking the majority of the time than most people, and 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 growing up in a small town where most people, you know, if you were even slightly different, I mean, Jerry, you can feel me on this. If you were even slightly different growing up in a small town, you were alienated by everybody. And hell, had we been uh, at certain points in time. Uh, a way of thinking would have got us killed. So, I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where the very first time I ever watched the movie and I was young, the first time I watched the movie, I was just like, Oh my God, I, I, I was more in tears than in fear of the majority of the movie. Yeah. I just don't, I don't have that connection for this movie. I don't see this movie as like, because the monster's different that's why it's being killed because in this it is a dead body that has been brought to it's not like the movie freaks where these people are seen as as different and treated differently like this is a corpse that no, has been dude. reanimated so like when people when i watch freaks yeah uh, watch <laughs> i'm being dead ass serious i can't it's another it. classic i haven't seen i can't watch it it's it's a hard watch for a lot of people um it's fucking crazy, man, because I feel so bad for these people. Goobble, gobble, goobble, gobble, one of us. Okay. I just made someone very upset because they just <laughs> had to remember the scene of the the armless and legless guy crawling through the fucking mud with a knife in his mouth. <laughs> um, okay, uh, but so, like, for me, for this movie, I, I do not see it as deep and in-depth as Kenneth does. To me... This movie is a very on the surface movie, uh, and all all depth in this movie only comes from the character of Doctor Frankenstein. And for me, this movie is actually about uh, him and how dangerous it is to become obsessed and what price you're willing to pay. But not only that is once you succeed. How are you going to feel afterwards? Because after he succeeds in what he's doing, he at that point is so mentally exhausted. He is easily swayed by uh, his his former teacher to then just completely turn his back on his experiment and, and leave it there. And, it, and to me, I've always looked at this as, as a movie of what happens when... You succeed in the price of that success. See, that's one of the things about this, and and I and I totally get where you're coming from. But for this movie in particular, not the source material or anything else like that, but for this movie in particular, it's hard. Like, for instance, I feel like that this movie for me is more focused on the monster than focused on Frankenstein himself. That's what I feel like. It's almost like, to me, when I'm watching this movie, Frankenstein himself is a side character. I feel like it's split evenly. And See, me, I get it as a side character. I guess, and Jerry obviously gets it more about Frankenstein himself versus the novel, where the novel is completely about Frankenstein at the beginning. You completely get everything that you're saying. And then as it progresses... You're getting both perspectives because it's a lot more in depth on the monster too. So you're getting both perspectives. It's two stories going on simultaneously. But with this in this movie, I personally don't think that they fleshed out 
the doctor as much. That's weird because I see it as they fleshed out the doctor. They didn't do anything that that deep that deep with the monster at all. Like I don't feel like the monster, the monster is just running on basic, very very basic uh, feelings and reactions. Yeah. See, I like don't... there's not an in depth feeling there. Yeah. See, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum for you. I, for that. I don't think he learns it until he meets uh, the old man in the beginning of Bride. That's where he he truly starts learning and understanding. Yeah, and seeing Bride, I think it's equal. I think it's equal on on both of their running things, where you've got like like this two stories going on simultaneously. So like like you were saying earlier, if you were to take these two movies and put them together, you would have the entire novel. Yeah, uh, and what's interesting is uh, for uh, Doctor Frankenstein. He literally falls for the exact same shit in that movie as he did in this one. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a someone who he you know sees as a as a another smart scientist, uh, possibly someone he sees in a in a um uh, a like senpai style role, someone above him, and lets himself get completely manipulated again. Um. Can we just talk about how ridiculous the tiny people in the jars are? Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, oh, I've never liked man. that. Look at these things; they're far more advanced than what you did. Ta-da! <laughs> yeah, I've never liked that. That's that's one of the things I do not like about Bride. My only gripe about Bride of Frankenstein was like, what the? If he's struggling to make one human, how do you have miniaturized, tiny, fully sentient, fully developed? What the fuck kind of leap in logic is this bullshit? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, a lot of people love fucking Bride because it is a much, much deeper story. But um, I, I really just do not like, I don't like the little people. I think by the time the Bride actually shows up, it's like, okay, she showed up. Let's just destroy everything. Like, I don't know. It just, it just never really... Never really uh, was in there. Plus, Una O'Connor's in it, and I fucking hate her as an actress. Yeah, she ruins told- movies. Um, she ruined The Invisible Man. I'm just going to say that now. Um, so, I don't know. It, it, this is very interesting. I would love to know what the listeners think. Where are you at? Are Do you fall into kinocide where... You're getting uh, that that the monster is the main character, and you're getting all this in-depth stuff. And remember, when you're answering this, only answer it based off the Frankenstein movie, not Bride of Frankenstein. We are not there yet. Yeah, no, we're just kind of casually talking about it. Um, or are you with me that this is Doctor Frankenstein's story, that he's the main character, and they they don't go in depth with the monster? Because I, I generally want to know where most people side on this. Now, Jay, you said, where are you at? Because I know you said you kind of do feel like both characters get like the story part. But um, based off what Kenneth and I said, where are you at? How, how do you feel about it? I feel like it's even. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm probably more more towards Jerry's feelings of uh, of what the story is about. Like like. Like you said, I don't feel like the monster was abandoned. Uh, he got out, and like 
Frankenstein made him, realized that it was probably a mistake, tried to destroy him, failed, and that was kind of that. It's it's not so much abandonment, um, but as far as the time between them and the character development, I felt it was it was pretty equal between the monster and the doctor. Okay, I mean, I mean, the monster, like, I do feel like, like, screen time, screen, 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 ugh, fuck me, screen time wise, that it, it's very equal. Um, but I still feel like the story is all Doctor Frankenstein. The character development is all Doctor Frankenstein, um, compared to while the monster in this movie is still a very sympathetic monster at sometimes because, the, like, particularly like when you see the the scene of our hunchback Fritz fucking with him with fire, you immediately realize, oh man, he's he's fucking scared and, and more um not really dangerous. Like we as an audience are definitely supposed to know that. Um as we go through the movie, which makes him doing things like throwing Maria into the water, not not him doing something of evil. Now, as for him attacking Frankenstein's fiance. I've always thought that this was kind of an issue in this movie. How the hell did the monster know where Frankenstein lived? How did he go directly there from throwing the girl in the water? How did he go directly to the room with the fiance in it? Why was he attacked? Was he horny? Did he just find the 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 attraction to her um like obviously it's all done because quote unquote plot armor um you gotta make you gotta i can't remember exactly in this scene i can't remember but does he actually attack her does she just pass out because she's terrified uh he goes to grab her and she passes out and the scream uh ends up causing frankenstein to frankenstein's monster to run away and everyone rushing in and they, they save her. Right. So we don't really know what the monster's intentions were. We don't know if he was just curious or what, or if was I he, I don't, again, I don't feel like he was trying to attack her. I feel like it was more of a, he saw this beautiful thing and he was wanting to touch it. Something well, he was wanting to touch something beautiful. I don't think he was actually trying to attack her. Yeah, I've heard different theories. There there are theories that, you know, he remembers her from when he was brought to life because she was there. Um, and he knows that there is a connection between Frankenstein and and her. And so he is trying to attack her because that will, you know, that that's a, a way to get to Frankenstein. But for that to to fully be there, you kind of have to believe that he is smarter and more in-depth than I feel the monster is in this movie. I would definitely agree that he probably saw something uh, that he wanted and and, and went for it. Uh, I don't think his, his growls are necessarily like him trying to... F- frighten her as much as him attempting to communicate and can't he's he's making sounds like a baby does because he doesn't know how to actually communicate right. so you just I make mean, sounds it's primal it's it's 
just natural instinct. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's difficult for me the entire movie to not see the monster as like a gentle giant that doesn't realize its own strength. But then again, at the same time, like with Fritz and everybody else defending himself, you know, like with the fire, you know, Fritz kept fucking with him, kept fucking with him and kept fucking with him. Well, finally he was just like, you're not going to fuck with me no more, which the majority of us would probably in that type of situation, especially when you don't have an extremely developed sense of, uh, of of certain aspects of humanity, like I said earlier, you know, you just want to get the threat away from you. Yeah. And so. if I was more on your side of believing that he actually feels that uh, his creator has abandoned him, which, like I said earlier, I, I don't agree with. Again. Uh, at know. most, I see the him seeing the creator has... Is, is a threat to him. I feel like it was, maybe the word abandoned was a poor choice of words. I think the way I mean it when I say abandoned, I don't mean it literally. Like, you know, he fucking just walked out the door and turned his back on him, literally. I mean that as in, from an emotional standpoint, not being there to help him learn. You know, like, like for instance, you know, the, the psychological effects that you, that you, you know, get from uh, hearing stories of how mothers don't, emotionally bond with their children you know that type of thing that's what i mean when i say abandoned not literally i just don't think there's enough time for that to happen because to me when i see when i think of the monster i think of him running on very basic natural instinct and it immediately goes from uh him being created him being you know sitting in a chair he gets like five minutes of someone being nice to him and then it immediately goes into uh fritz fucking with him them locking him up um fritz coming and fucking with him again he's running on basic survival instincts so he eliminates that threat and kills fritz and when uh frankenstein and um wally world whatever the fuck his name was (laughs) go back down there and immediately like they 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 open the door Frank, the monster tries to escape because he's, you know, he feels at this point he's in a threatened environment. He, he threatened environment. That's a basic natural instinct. So once again, he is subdued and put back in there, and uh, then he is, you know, knocked out. Next thing he knows, he wakes up on a table. He doesn't know that Frankenstein himself has left. He just knows that the other guy that attacked him is here. Much like Fritz, he has to eliminate that. From there, he obviously escapes this place because he, he, he was in a place that he'd been attacked. He had been attacked two or three times at this point. Uh, so it's only natural he would leave. There doesn't have to be great intelligence to do that. That's natural instinct. Um, finding the girl, he once again goes... And the in the in the flowers, he has a similar feeling to when um, the the they send him in the chair and he gets to see the sunlight. Um, but he all at that point he throws the girl in the water because they ran out of flowers and he just wants to see more things float. He doesn't understand what he's doing. He doesn't have any kind of knowledge to be able to do that. So he throws her in there and when she doesn't come up, 
he doesn't know he doesn't understand why and that scares him so he leaves again then we come into the big plot hole of why and how he actually shows up at frankenstein's house which makes no fucking sense unless it's just dumb fucking luck or maybe jay's right when he made the joke about smelling earlier i that uh, was just a joke yeah i don't know great sense of smell on this guy I mean, 80 minute movie they had to move the plot along somehow yeah that's true that's true um and so at that point him uh the monster i i do believe i i don't know if the monster recognizes her i don't know if the because when we see the monster she's not there so she might have seen the monster, but I don't know if the monster ever actually saw and recognized her. There are theories that uh, he did, and he is going for vengeance and attacking her. One hundred, I don't agree. One hundred percent, I don't agree. Um, plot hole aside, I think he just sees her, and, and it's just like, oh, beautiful, 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 and is and it's just growing off natural instinct. And so he, he's he's going to her. He's trying to make noises to, like, communicate to her because he knows that, that the other people have communicated through noise. So he tries. Obviously, it doesn't work. <coughs> so, um, just, but my whole point going through that is, is, for me, it's just showing that the monster is running off very basic natural instinct. And uh, we'll learn in... in bride that where he actually learns and actually learns emotional uh depth and all that i definitely feel like that movie is very very much about it's that movie bride i feel is more split between multiple characters actually that might be a three-way tie in that movie Mm. um so i'm very interested in what the audience thinks have they ever thought as in depth as as we've just gone on the the monster itself? Um, I feel like everything with Doctor Frankenstein's pretty on the surface. If you can't kind of uh, understand what's going on with his character in here, then we probably need to put you back on Sesame Street. <laughs> but we'll uh, see. Uh, Can you tell me how to get to uh, Sesame Street? Yeah, you take a right over there by the Kmart. The Kmart with a circle K with a circle K. Okay, from there you're going to go from the thing right over there. No, the left by the dumpster. You see the dot is yellow. Dumpster. Perfect. Left. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that that's where we are with Frankenstein. Um, so, if all you lovely people out there in, uh, can go into the group and, and let us know what your thoughts on the movie are, who, who are you leaning more towards as for do you think this is the monsters movie or do you think this is frankenstein's movie um we're not gonna get into the argument equal <laughs> or or are you with jay and it's equal there's yeah. three sides to this be with jay um, for once i never win nothing with these guys yeah and remember the only movie you're allowed to call the monster frankenstein in is the monster squad you're allowed to call him frank and frankie because he's not a monster in that movie. Uh, also, The Monster Squad, greatest, one of the greatest movies ever made. 
I'm well, so high him, on that movie. They call him Frankie, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, they call him Frankie in Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, it's not a horror movie though. Not necessarily. It is pretty funny though. It depends on how That's you look a, at it. No, I'm talking. I'm talking in the world of Frank in in horror movies. I'm not talking about children's movies I haven't seen. You should watch it. It's funny. Uh, yeah, I, you're I, out, I don't bro. watch. I don't. There's. I have tons of stuff to watch, and I'm. I'm just not. I don't really care to watch children's movies. They don't really do anything for me. And I know everyone does this. They're like, you know, you gotta watch this. It's actually really good. I'm sure it is. But there's a lot of stuff out there to watch, and I'm going to choose to watch other stuff That's instead fair. of Adam Sandler playing Dracula. Gonna take a pass on that one. One hundred percent. Uh, I don't have children, so I do not have to watch it. Um, but everyone but else... But you do have godchildren, and you'll regret that you said that, sir. No, I won't. <laughs> I don't have to... I don't. I, hopefully, by the time fucking the parents of my godchildren die, they're old enough to like be doing fucking oh, Jade loves weed. You. And Jade loves to hang out with you. And Jade would love to watch a movie with you the next time you come down And here. there's much better movies we will watch. How do you know it's better if you've never seen it? Uh, because I'm going to sit Jade down and we're going to watch Monster Squad. Or the Secret Life of Pets. There you go. I, I have it. technically seen that whole movie in pieces because it's one of the <laughs> movies that we used to put the DVD on at um, Sam's Club. So like there's certain movies I've seen all of them just not in a in an actual sitting. So it's like Secret Lives of Pets and Jumanji, the the Kevin Hart, Dwayne yeah, Johnson. Yeah, see that's one. one that that's one that I haven't watched because I really don't like Kevin Hart. They're pretty funny. Yeah, I they they're part of that pretty funny. I don't know how well I would do sitting and watching the whole thing, but yeah. watching certain clips it was it was pretty funny, but. Plus, I it's balanced it. out with uh, Karen, whatever her name is. Uh, oh, yeah, she's hot. Her her ass is perfect. Like I said, I really just don't like Kevin Hart. I don't watch a whole lot of his stuff. Um, I would recommend checking out The Upside. <laughs> I do want to watch that one. Uh, I it just... is probably the least Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart performance I've ever seen. Plus, Brian Cranston is always amazing. And I I really really enjoyed that movie. Okay. I'll I would recommend, um, Veron, the unbelievable, the uh, Japanese version, because Kevin Hart is not in it. Okay. <laughs> and it came out in the 1950s, so that works out. Okay. Uh, I think I'm gonna watch Tetsuo. Tetsuo the Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, definitely a good choice. Um, I am. I don't know what I'm gonna watch. I, I may just go back to sleep. I'm gonna play more Ghost of Tsushima because that game is fucking amazing. I'm uh. I'm either gonna play more Magic: The Gathering Arena or I'm gonna go to sleep. I, I haven't decided. Should sleep because you're a little drunk still. Well, I'm not drunk at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> I gotta be at work you... at seven, so I'm probably gonna go back to sleep. Or I can't I'm believe. Go to sleep. I can't believe Jay just accused me of still being drunk. <laughs> you are. I'm not. I slept it off. I woke up. <laughs> I went to sleep. Okay, I went to sleep at uh, like five a.m. I woke up uh, like um, 
1130. Because I had to feed Cass. Who? Okay. I get up because Cass won't leave me alone. So I get up and I go feed him. He doesn't touch the food at all. Doesn't touch his wet food. At fucking all. And it's beef and gravy, which is his favorite. What the fuck? And I'm just like, what are you, just being a jerk to me or something? What's going on here? Fat anyway. been pretty finicky lately, too. Maybe it's just something going on. I don't know. But um, uh, then I went uh, Then I went back to sleep around, like, um, 2.30. I went back to sleep from 2.30 and from, like, 2.30 to 6.30. I was just, like, in and out, in and out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not drunk. I called you. I'm sober as fuck. You're still drunk. I am not drunk. I'm sober. I would never do a podcast if I was drunk or high. Really? Yes. Huh. We should do one that doesn't I, have I any did, major I content. I didn't realize that was a line that existed, but that's good to know. We should do one where we're not like covering anything and you know just be inebriated and see what happens. I well, Jay doesn't drink. Edible. But I often get sleepy on them, so that might be interesting trying to stay awake. Like, I usually take it when my anxiety is, like, super spiked. I'll take one and I'll just lay down and I can pass out pretty easily. Wait, wait, wait. Are you taking, like, an edible with actual weed in it? Or are you taking just, like, CDC? Or not CDC. CBC. However many milligrams the little gummies are. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's legal where you're where you're at. I get sleepy and I take a nap and it's great because it's one of the it's some of the most sound sleep I ever get. But I've never tried to like forcefully stay up on it. So that could be pretty interesting. We could just have like a raw fucked up episode. I get like I couldn't get high and do it because then I would just be sitting here trying to eat the entire time. (laughs) No, that's perfect, man. You could have a bag of chips or some cookies or something. Because all you'd hear, all you'd hear is. That's okay. It would make it, I, it's just I, a fucking joke episode. It would be great. We are <laughs> absolutely not doing that. Oh. Oh man. Like maybe I may I, I like getting drunk maybe, but eating on the show? No, we are not eating on the show. I eat on the show. You guys just never hear me because I mute my microphone. Okay, well that's fine. If I hear it, then you're in trouble. <laughs> You'll be grounded. Yeah, I've already gotten bitched at today about background noise, okay? Yeah. yeah. I'm a professional, goddammit. Professional. Perfectionist. Uh, not a prof- perfectionist, just a professional. A professional perfectionist. Ne- no, not happening. <laughs> um, no. 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 You don't even know. Um, <laughs> soul rolling. Soul rolling. No one gets those references. No, um, you and me. Just yeah okay. Um, I was looking at right. that DVD the other day. <laughs> oh, I've got it. Um, okay, we are we're done. We're, we're getting done. out of here. Sorry that we've been gone for so long. But yeah, shit's happening. This almost turned into another cursed episode. My internet's actually like been out like half the day. It it like popped up like twenty minutes before we were supposed to record. So. Lucked out there. Um, so everyone out there, stay safe. Try not to uh, put in the bad brain in your body. Make sure you get a good I think brain. That happened 36 years ago. Probably. Ain't got nobody. Ain't nobody cares. Uh, Cage put out a new album under his Sam Hill banner, and it's fantastic if you want some really evil satanic rap. 
don't um, know what that is, but it sounds like I'd listen to it. Uh, I'll send you a Spotify link. It's very, very good. Don't send uh, it in the group chat because it is it uh, fantastic stuff. Very, very demonic. Um, I don't have anything else to say. Uh, we love you. Sorry we've been gone so long. We'll see you soon. I guess next episode we're doing a Hammer film. So um, I guess we'll uh, maybe go in the group and see what Hammer film y'all want us to do. Well, I guess we'll have to start with like the original. So y'all have a choice of the first Frankenstein one, the first Van- uh, Dracula one, the only werewolf one, the Ooh. first mummy one. And, or we can do one of the, uh, there's also like Jekyll and Hyde movies. There's other vampire movies that don't have the Christopher Lee Dracula. I kind of like, want to do either Dracula or a werewolf one. Uh, the werewolf one's pretty good. I like it. I've never seen any of them, but those two would be the most interesting for me. Yeah, I really like, uh, ugh, fuck me, the mummy one also, because that's got Christopher Lee playing the mummy. Mm-hmm. Much like Christopher Lee also, in the first Frankenstein one, Christopher Lee plays Frankenstein. Well, plays Frankenstein's monster. Peter Cushing plays Frankenstein. Peter Cushing. Uh, Peter Cushing, more love for the pushing. Um, not true for Peter Cushing. He is a very thin man. Okay, we're out here, guys. We love you. We'll see you next time. We're going to do some Hammer Horror. We'll figure it out. I guess we may let Jay pick. Um, who knows? And, uh, we will see you next time. We love you. Thank you for listening to Kill the Cast. Peace. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.